What's up, everyone? I'm Katherine Rutter, and you're listening to or watching Life in the Fast Chain. I'm here with Eduardo Rodriguez, president of Flatstone Capital Advisors and the founder of the Trident Exchange. That was like a mouthful. I almost stumbled there. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. How about you, Katherine? I am pretty good. I can't complain. Um, we decided last minute that we were going to have a drink. What do you have uh, today? Um, scotch. Of course. Scotch. You can almost not see it with your background. Um, okay, scotch. Why did you pick scotch? Well, scotch is uh, usually a very good drink uh, to make you very relaxed. It okay. actually helps uh, you to actually calm down and it's very low in calories. So oh, it's is always it? good. Yeah, absolutely. Now, meanwhile, I'm drinking a beer. Um, I, should, I, I never really think to drink scotch, but... I'm drinking a Shark Tracker light lager because I like light beers. I'm not a big, like, I, darker beers and heavier beers I'm not really great with. Um, by Cisco Brewers. And I have this beer because I'm in Nantucket right now, and this brewery is in Nantucket. So, wow. That yeah. sounds like a – so it's, a, it's an actual uh, homegrown beer. Yeah. The local Microbrewery. beer. Microbrewery. It's really cool. good. It's very good. I normally am not a beer kind of person. Um, but it's light and I like it and it's local business. Um, so I'm dialing in from Nantucket. Where are you dialing in from? I am in the vicinity of, uh, Vancouver, British Columbia. Awesome. It must be really pretty there. I've never been to Canada. Oh, so bad. Well, you know, I feel like that's bad. To... In <laughs> right. Uh, well, you know, we are only 30 minutes away from the U S border. Most of the Canadian population lives within a, 200 kilometer, you know, uh, of, of the U.S. border. So it's, it's very, very close. A yeah. lot of people from New York um, have their pied de terre here, including the president of the U.S. with his magnificent hotel. Oh, uh, yeah. The, the Trump Hotel. But, uh, yeah, it's absolutely a great place, and you should visit it. I think that you would enjoy it. I think I would, too. If it's so close to the U.S., why are Canadians just generally nicer? <laughs> I'm kidding. That's a generalization. Um, but yeah, I really want to go to uh, Canada. Canada's so big. Like I have so many places I need to go to. Um, so I look forward to your recommendations after this podcast. Absolutely. And you know what? You can skip the whole Eastern Canada other than the Maritimes, which is quite lovely. But, you know, in the middle, uh, Ontario and Quebec, they don't have much to offer. You want to <gasps> you, you go directly to Alberta with the Canadian Rockies interior of British Columbia with the beautiful lakes that look almost like if you were in northern Italy and obviously the wonderful west coast of Canada which is magnificent. <laughs> not biased at all. Not biased. I'm not biased at all. Absolutely. <laughs> so you are not from Canada though. Uh, where are you from originally? Well I was originally born in Mexico and um, proud uh, dual citizen of uh, Canada and Mexico. I've been here for 25 years though. So for most of my adult life, I've been here in, in Canada. Cool. All right. So you've been doing so much in the blockchain space, like so much. I feel like I see constantly you're doing new events. And if it's not this event, it's a different event. You have the Blockchain and Wine Thursdays, which I obviously joined twice. Uh, you know, I love blockchain and I love wine. Um, and uh, you've also done other events like the Digital Tsunami Chronicles. So this is 
a lot of things. So putting that to the side, knowing that you're very active in the space, how did you first get involved in the blockchain slash crypto space? Thank you for the question. So the way that I got involved with uh, the decentralized ledger technology, as we know, blockchain, it's, it's very uh, interesting. I have always been a technology geek, you know, uh, as many as the Gen Xers, uh, if you want to put me in that box. Uh, basically, I had a Commodore 64 and I was uh, learning basic when I was, you know, probably 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, move forward, I had a uh, role in a father, uh, grandfather figure, uh, grandfather uh, John Marrakin, rest in peace. He's a, he was a GI um, and a war veteran. Mm-hmm. And he was involved with a company called Rockwell International, which later was acquired by Boeing. But little did uh, many people know now is that that company was involved with the space shuttle that was the, the, the company that actually created that so i always had uh, him telling me about technologies and i had a love affair with technologies so yeah. uh, very very early you know uh, canada and, and vancouver particularly um is, is being known as silicon valley uh, silicon valley north as a matter of fact mm-hmm. so uh i got involved with these uh early on uh, a friend and uh colleague got me involved in Bitcoin uh, somewhere between five and 10 cents. And um, I didn't understand that. I didn't understand blockchain, to be honest. And I didn't even understand what I had in my hands because otherwise I would probably be relaxing in the Mediterranean in a very large boat. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, I don't want to say how much money I I would have had if I kept my holdings or hodlings, as they say it. But short of that, I got involved with with Bitcoin uh, very early on, and uh, I was uh, doing peer-to-peer technology. Uh, Eventually, you know, this led to ICOs, and uh, eventually it led me to enterprise blockchain. Yeah, I feel like um, a good bit of people have come in, like, into the blockchain DLT world through kind of learning just more about Bitcoin and cryptos and stuff. It's kind of, I feel like it's a little more rare to find people who are, um, just like dive right into blockchain without kind of going down the crypto route. But there are people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I mentioned the um, events that you've done. Can you talk a little bit about those uh, panels and online events and kind of how those have gone? Because I mean, for me being on two of them, it was a really cool experience learning from like the different panelists and um kind of their experience in the blockchain space. It was very informative, the ones that I went to. Thank you very much. And yes, thank you for uh, being part of the, uh, uh, we initially called it, and uh, full disclosure, it was called the uh, Blockchain and Tequila Thursdays because (laughs) it was actually built around a, you know, social function that we have uh, somehow uh, lost with this uh, pandemic, which is Usually most of professionals, friends, uh, uh, gather around, you know, uh, usually after work and they go and have a bevy or two, sometimes three. And um, they basically uh, talk about new opportunities and technologies. And um, so when, when this happened, we realized, you know, we are in the midst of launching a project that is uh, fundamentally going to change uh, the way that uh, capital markets work. And we need to engage with the community, the ecosystem, because we're not um, we're not like other crypto projects. As a matter of fact, we are not a cryptocurrency project. We are an enterprise blockchain, 
intense our involvement with R3 Corda, uh, Hyperledger, and Quorum. So yeah. um, what happened with that is that we, we realized we need to actually have this event. And I had been invited to uh, explore the opportunity to join the faculty of uh, the EGADA Business School in uh, Mexico, which is uh, one of the best business schools in Mexico. And we, we were very honored with that. So as a part of the actual idea on how we could uh, provide some real use cases and uh, basically map out the impact and scope of the COVID, which we uh, equate to a digital tsunami, which is, by the way, the new name of our uh, panel. Yeah, we're from tequila to... <laughs> More kosher. <laughs> uh, as per the request of the dean of the business school, we That's had to fair. make it into a more uh, friendly event. So basically, um, we, we decided that we were going to be having a number of subject matter experts that would speak not about technology, but how uh, this pandemic has impacted every one of those economic sectors yeah. so that we could give ourselves the task to eventually uh, map out uh, where they are in the continuum of the actual digital transformation. Uh, mm -hmm. that, that's uh, basically you know, how it started. And we are this week on week 15. So we're very, very happy. Wow. It's, it's taking, you know, a life of itself. Yes. Okay. So I took, so when you had the blockchain and tequila Thursdays, I made it into blockchain and wine Thursdays because I don't drink tequila. <laughs> okay. So it's all like the same strain though. You're, you're, the event, even though it's had different names, it's still kind of talking about like it's it felt like a, a community when I was joining, just like talking about how coronavirus has impacted the different businesses, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so it's it's basically the same concept. It clearly has become a bit more um institutionalized. Yeah. And the idea really comes down to uh talk about what is uh, the opportunity on the space uh of uh, the continuum. So uh, maybe I could uh, elaborate a bit more, but the idea really was that we would actually map out uh, key sectors. And then on stage one, we had three stages. In stage one, we actually create, created market awareness for the solution that is built around technology. And you know, this, this includes blockchain, obviously, but we're talking about IoT, uh, yeah. big data. Uh, and we started with a, an idea that we would actually put it out there and, and eventually get some um, identified trends and opportunities. So we started with very rudimentary tools. And, you know, during the first episodes, we had about 30,000 people, which, uh, which noticed or we tracked through our uh, different platforms that had seen the, the events. Uh, that resulted in about a 10% conversion of people that came to the door to wow. register. But... And then we ended up with about 7.5 people that were coming to, to, to the event. Um, and on the stage two, which is right now where we are making these part of the uh, first graduate uh, level uh, class in Latin America, which, we, which I am uh, privileged to, to be imparting with uh, uh, Dr. Igor Rivera and uh, Miguel Castro at EGADE. What we're doing is we're, we're now uh, doing the data analytics. We're going back to the first 10 events and the panelists, which you're one of them. And by the way, you should expect uh, emails shortly. Oh, okay. We're going to be, 
we're going to be uh, doing a number of questionnaires so that we can map out the, the impact. And mm -hmm. um, the, the idea is on the second stage is connecting the dots so that uh, students that are taking this class can basically diagnose what is uh, the main challenges and how we can actually get a roadmap for the conversion of the different sectors across the industry because we eventually have to restart. Mm -hmm. And uh, as uh, Mr. Lord Blackfain from Goldman Sachs said, you know, we can't continue to be printing money. Uh, that violates a number of principles of fiscal and, uh, um, and, and monetary process, uh, which are the fundamental piece of the Satoshi Nakamoto uh, piece that, that built blockchain as we know it with the start of uh, Bitcoin. Yeah. So on this second stage, what we're trying to do is connect those things. And, and we have some uh, lofty goals, but we have started to partner with other, other uh, institutions. And, uh, and we think that the future looks very bright if we can actually embrace technology. Yeah, definitely. Uh, especially in these times, uh, I feel like it's one of those things where luckily before coronavirus, you've been um, researching and doing work and, <laughs> and uh, been involved in the blockchain space. So you guys are kind of, you're ahead of the game in the sense that some people who didn't really expect, obviously, this digital first world, it's going to be harder for them to kind of try and get involved in, in this emerging tech. But um, you talked about, you touched on the project that you're working on. Um, can you elaborate on that? Um, yeah, well, we're, we have a number of projects that we are working on. We have uh, at least uh, three or four proposals yeah. that we're working on, including a couple of uh, subsidiaries of uh, major U.S. Uh, Fortune 100 companies and uh, German, uh, uh, I don't know what is the, the DAX, I guess, index, you know, uh, members uh, that are working on these. So we're working on projects mainly in our core sector expertise, which is uh, energy mm -hmm. and finance. Uh, one of very interesting projects that we recently completed was the participation and leadership on a workshop that uh, one of the large four uh, accounting and audit firms uh, globally led in Mexico related to the blockchain applications for energy. And the mm -hmm. German government is involved in that. Uh, as a matter of fact, some members of the team of R3 were there with us and we were very glad to collaborate and win uh, the uh, MVP that we're hopefully going to build with, with them. So oh. it, it's, it has to do with carbon trading. It has to do with uh, PPAs, uh, which is a power purchase agreement, and how we can transition from uh, the current uh, fossil-based uh, energy uh, matrix to a more diversified and sustainable future using uh, ESG, uh, green bonds, you name it. So we hope that we can actually make that happen uh, and uh, soon enough we'll, we'll be able to actually release the actual study that is going to cool. be, uh, you know, um, you know, a reference, I guess, you know, a reference point. Very cool. So how do you fund these projects? Well, funny enough, you know, I don't find them. They, they, they've been uh, finding me. I guess I'm doing enough uh, waves in the water in LinkedIn. Um, but no, <laughs> <laughs> funny enough, you know, we've been very blessed with uh, some amazing uh, network of friends and colleagues um, that, you know, have identified and realize that we do have a specific expertise. We're not experts at everything. We're subject matter experts at some regulated sectors. As I mentioned, you know, energy and finance are two of them. Mm 
Yeah. Um, and we, uh, we've been working before in these two sectors. So clearly, when someone is looking for someone that understands uh, technology, blockchain, and finance, um, there's a lot of people out there that say they don't understand it. But once you start talking to them, you quickly realize if you know what you're doing, that they're probably just a bunch of posers. So uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> I'm true. sorry to say it, you know. No, uh, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I feel like it's, do you find that because of coronavirus, like funding these projects has become more difficult or kind of the same or, cause I find, so the reason I ask that is because at R3, we have this like venture development program and they're focused mostly on like startups and like how startups, their funding rounds and funding stage uh, is so important. And right now it's just kind of hard for those startups to get funding. I wonder if it's the same case for you or because you're so active that it's not. Well, you know, I would, I would actually categorize that in two, two buckets, right? So if you're thinking about uh, ourselves, we're actually going through our last friends and family uh, round and, mm -hmm. um, and we're actually closing the gap uh, so that we can get our license and, you know, uh, become uh, a, the first uh, digital native enterprise blockchain uh, investment dealer in North America. It's hard for me to even say that, you know, I don't believe it, but that's where we are. <laughs> um, and, and it's been a little bit challenging because, you know, most people do not understand what we're doing. Uh, the bankers, yeah. uh, most of them say they understand blockchain. But again, uh, with all due respect to my fellow bankers, uh, unless you're JP Morgan or Goldman Sachs, I think that everyone else is uh, probably still, you know, figuring out blockchain and uh, Bitcoin. A lot but, of people uh, are in their defense. A lot of people are. <laughs> Great opportunity for us, obviously, right? Yeah. That's why we make that's why we make money. So thanks, you know, God bless them. But um, it, it's difficult to explain to people, you know, the concepts of the applications. I seldomly find people other outside of uh, our partners uh, that I mentioned several times that understand what we're doing. Uh, so it's it is challenging for us to find investors that understand what we're doing and where the market is, not where it's going to be, but where it is. Yeah. Um, on the space of uh, projects uh, themselves, uh, that is one of the core tenets of our platform, which is we're uh, building digital bridges for SMEs that are looking at disrupting and innovating. So um, that is basically what we are looking to do because clearly uh, the venture capital space in Canada, the capital markets, most of them have dried up and um, people are rightfully very at risk uh, averse at these days. So you're going to find that a lot of people, as a matter of fact, it's, it's interesting to see if you see the graphs that uh, we follow very clearly. Um, it's, uh, the, the best performing asset uh, since the beginning of the year has been fiat and gold. And if you mm. want to add another little sleeve, it would be Bitcoin and, and Ethereum. So it's, uh, it's interesting to see that people go to, to the basics. And so, yes, I think that it's, it's, it's a bit difficult, but we, we're looking forward to actually helping uh, uh, new innovators and ventures to cross that path with a digital bridge. Yeah. I mean, that's also kind of um, just going back to um, how some people don't really fully understand what we're doing. And so I can imagine that's hard to get people on board. Um, so that strategy actually makes sense this is why the the podcast even exists so if people can come on and listen and listen to what you're doing listen to the 
blockchain 101 episode if you have no idea episode 17 um if you have no idea what what we're doing so it's a good opportunity to like educate do you find that you spend a good bit of your time trying to educate people um or you mainly work with people who already kind of know what's going on you know it's so funny because as i said you know earlier you you're just on the spot you know we we have what we call a trifecta we spend uh, and our logo is the trident that you see behind me as a matter of fact <laughs> So that's basically, we call it the uh, transparency, trust, and traceability, or you, you get each one from the other. Yeah. Um, but the other aspect that we use from the trifecta is that we actually follow a, a three-pronged process, which is education, and that's where we're working with EGADE and, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and other educational facilities. Uh, so that would say that that's probably 70 to 80 percent of our pro- the process is educating people that claim that they understand what they're doing. And I think this is a good segue for a comment, you know, because I almost feel that it's um, I do not want to throw anyone under the bus because that's not a role we want to build. We don't want to destroy. But I think it's, it's key and, and very important that, you know, people understand who is who and almost that we have uh, a guild uh, recently uh, reached and uh, joined uh, R3 and Digital Assets, which are our two very trusted partners, thank you very much, in <laughs> an initiative uh, that is called IWA. Mm-hmm. And the Interwork Alliance, uh, you might have heard of them uh, because R3 is the founder of them. Uh, actually, it's, it's a standard process for uh, this industry and the ecosystem to really share some knowledge so that you can actually have real standardization and you can actually say okay you know these guys are certified they know what they're doing it's not yeah. just someone that realized that this is new and they just put a website saying hey you know what i know blockchain well you know what if you want to be part of these you need to have a certain level of knowledge you have to be vetted you have to have certifications uh, just like we did and you have to actually have some background in the industry because uh, i was yeah. reading an article this morning uh, interesting from Coinspace, I think it was, uh, and it was talking about how most of most of the other crowd, which is the cryptocurrencies, no pun intended, obviously, uh, have have actually uh, built a number of uh, decentralized exchanges, and all of them have left a bunch of big doors or back doors where uh, where the hackers and people that are closely related to them can come in and take the assets. And Mm -hmm. so a key component here, I would say, is uh, education and regulation. Uh, We are obviously, and we identify our business as a reg tech. We we think we're a regulated technology business before Mm -hmm. we are a fintech. And and that's why we're pursuing the license because we think that that's a fundamental piece. And if you think about a nascent, um, basically ecosystem, you have a lot of little pieces that basically aggregate and then you have regulation or some event that creates uh, consolidation. So we think that regulators in the US and Canada uh, would do a, a great disservice to the ecosystem if they continue to allow a bunch of people that do not have any um, idea of what they're doing when it comes down to, you know, they criticize those bankers uh, because we're not good people, but then they <laughs> open up their exchanges and then they do worse than we do. So um, yeah, th- that's the minority of them, obviously. Most of them are good people, I like to think. But um, yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. Um, I think one of the, so a recent episode I put out was um, on, it was with ISDA um, on standardization and governance and um, kind of like regulation. It's all obviously very intertwined. And if you're a trusted, uh, trusted company, trusted party, trusted ecosystem, it makes such a big difference because this kind of, I feel like it's, for me, I don't think about these things. And this is what I said on the last um, episode. It was kind of like a mind boggling episode for me because I was like, oh my gosh, you have to think about all of these different things with governance and standardization that me is like, not, I'm not in that world. I wouldn't have thought of, but if you have, and you're working with people who are trusted, who are doing the work, um, I don't know. It makes a big difference to your point being with like knowledgeable, trusted people in this crazy space. I think about it as like, the way the internet was first um, born, which like everyone thinks about like that way. So anyways, um, you are, correct me if I'm wrong, are you Corda certified? Uh, we are Corda certified, absolutely. Woo! That's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good right. uh, Corda certification call out. Of course, absolutely. And we are actually, I don't know if you remember my boy, Max. Max is getting certified. I'm uh, getting him certified. He's taking Ethereum, he's taking that, and he's uh, just got, a new computer from our trusted partners, Dell. Uh, that are, you know, <laughs> Dell is somewhere right here, VMware. Oh yeah. So there you go. So how he's old getting is your a son? New computer. He is ten years old. And he's okay. So ten years old, <laughs> he's gonna go. He's gonna be the, <laughs> the youngest certified. And he's gonna be certified on on Ethereum, R3 Corda, and digital assets. So because he's gonna oh, be he's running the show. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness. That's Absolutely. very exciting. Well, you know what? I want, I told him I got 10 years to build these and then I'm going to pass it to you. So you might as well know what you're playing with because I want to retire in style, you know? So don't mess, this, don't mess the business. <laughs> no pressure here, son. No here pressure is him. at all. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Is he doing them all? Like, is he focusing on one right now? Or is it how, like, how is he doing all of them? <laughs> Well, you know, we started with the basics, right? So right now yeah. we're taking the Ethereum uh, because we think that, you know, fundamentally, other than R3 Corda, um, Ethereum 2.0 is going to change uh, everything uh, because most of the ICOs that were done were done on uh, Ethereum. So mm -hmm. with uh, JP Morgan getting on board Quorum, uh, yeah. that's going to be a huge change. And um, we're actually integrating uh, JP Morgan Quorum to our platform. Um, cool. And so he's starting with Ethereum, then he's going to get the Corda certification, and then he's going to get the, da the digital assets, the demo certification. Yeah. That is very impressive. <laughs> well, let's, let's see how long it takes, but it, it's going to yeah, happen. But it doesn't you. matter. Even if it takes <laughs> three years, he's 13, then he'll get all of them. <laughs> there you go. He needs to take over the world because I'm, I'm ready to retire in Ibiza. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, aren't we all? My goodness. Absolutely. <laughs> um, okay, so with all of this um, in consideration, what do you see, like, how do you see this technology, um, blockchain, and then I guess what you guys are specifically focused on with your different projects, um, how, like, how do you see everything going? And let's say, I want to say, like, 10 this is kind of a difficult question like 10 to 20 years like what is your ideal scenario for blockchain and then for your the different projects you're working on well you know uh 
I, I can't say that I see more than probably six to 12 months ahead of us. And I, no one can. That's why this is the most long question. shot these days. <laughs> I, I didn't think, I don't think anyone expected where we are living seven months ago, no, totally. even four months ago. But um, I think that um, being very positive, uh, clearly technology is going to help us to build a more democratic, transparent and fair world. Uh, yeah. Blockchain has the ability to do so. And once everyone gets on board and realizes that it's not about us against them, but all of us are together in these. Yeah. Uh, having technology as the lever and the toolbox that we can use, we can actually create a lot less asymmetry in the flow of information, which, you know, in, in some ways, that's what, what is, is killing us. We, we don't know what's the other side. And having the ability to have that uh, trustless environment where you know trusted parties with standardization, building uh, applications for uh, private sector, society, and government. Uh, because let's let's face it, well, this is one of the, the areas where there's, there's more opportunity. Speaking with the regulators, they yeah. asked us, uh, how are you going to innovate? And as we said, well, we can innovate um, until we turn blue. The question is, what are you going to innovate? Yeah. And so it, it, it takes all the stakeholders, or as they call it, the stakeholder economy, because we all have to mesh. Yeah. If we, if we work together, there is no uh, short, uh, short uh, dream that we can achieve. I mean, uh, I think that within 10 years, we could have a more balanced economy, more sustainable, uh, where everyone gets a fair share of what they put in because we're also capitalists. We don't believe in anyone getting a free ride. Uh, yeah. So if you put some effort, you get a reward. If you don't, well, shame on you. But the idea is that uh, we could actually build something amazing within 10 years where we could have a government that is more transparent in the use of our taxes, where we yeah. have uh, companies that uh, are responsible and uh, through an ESG framework, they can actually really become you know, good citizens. And a yeah. society that benefits from an actual uh, opportunity where the government and private sector can help kids uh, and, and ne the next generations to take over the planet so that we can actually be more respectful of nature and we can actually have a better future. That was a wonderful answer for a very difficult question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was I a good like answer. It. I, I, I I'm thinking like how I would answer that question, and I, I don't think I would have answered it uh, better than you. But I do think that one thing that I like to think about is, um, and I've mentioned this before, but Richard Gendel Brown has said this, our CTO before, of like his ideal um, situation. And this was in the hype cycle when everyone was like, "Oh, blockchain is going to change the world. We're going to do this. We're going to do that." And like, great. I actually do think it's going to change the way like businesses run in the future and, and it's going to be so monumental and whatever, but it was like the hype cycle. And, uh, and I remember him saying, I want to get to the point where no one talks about blockchain. And I was like, that's weird <laughs> for me because we're a blockchain company. So what are yeah. you talking about? Yeah. And his point was, I want it to get to the point where it's so normalized and it's underneath every system. It's underneath the way we like, any transaction um, in any industry, this and that, like it's all running on blockchains and not necessarily one, not necessarily like all working together. Um, uh, Cause not every blockchain is fit for every single scenario, but 
it's running on blockchain, but people don't know that it is. And I thought that was pretty cool because I was thinking about it like, yeah, that would be, you know, like, I don't know a lot of the, like my technology, like my phone, I don't know how some of the things work. I'm also not technical. So <laughs> I'm just like, it's on, I get phone calls, I get texts. It's great. But uh, to get to that point, I think would be pretty cool. I thought it was yeah, very absolutely. profound. Thank you. You know, I think that, you know, we need to be, up, uh, we need to be positive. Again, you know, you know, I have a 10 year old. I know you're, you're a young lady. You eventually might find, you know, that, you know, knight in shining armor and you might have some beautiful kids. And, and we need to think about that. And you know what? This is, this is important for us to think. I think a lot of people, again, you know, are not thinking about, uh, we're all collectively in this little blue wall that sits somewhere in the middle of a vast universe. And we need yeah. to think about us on, on those terms. So, you know, and just connecting the thoughts uh, to what we're doing with this uh, platform and why we're doing it is um, give you a very uh, interesting project that we that we are actually contemplating and we're, we're closing some deals with them hopefully soon. Um, they um, basically educated me on, on how uh, technology, and they're not a blockchain company, um, they will be if they sign up with the training exchange. If they're um, smart, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but what, what they doing, they're doing is amazing. And they're part of the ecosystem of the ride sharing. And so what they were telling me is that where they are in Latin America, this company uh, creates an alternative uh, credit scoring mechanism where people that do not have access to banking because they wouldn't qualify for the actual uh, banks right uh -huh. now, uh, because they are rated at the best level of this ride-sharing technology. Mm -hmm. They can visualize all their, uh, basically, transactions, which are the transactions are, you know, they're good, they're rated, they're always clean, on time, uh, respectful, and so they're top-rated. And as a top-rated uh, uh, operator of these uh, platforms, they get to have better access or access to credit for a new vehicle. Think about it. They actually get a new vehicle that is cleaner for the environment, more economic and more reliable for them, so yeah. they can continue to provide a good service. But not only that, think it about on the, this, the actual ecosystem, uh, economically speaking. Most of the operators in, uh, in Latin America or anyone in, in the world, they're at the very base, you know, subsistence level and income. Mm -hmm. They can actually multiply three to five times their income becoming the first layer of a mid medium income class. That is how North America was built. Wow. That's the American dream. You have a small business yeah. that makes enough money so that the next generation goes to university, so that the next generation, uh, you know, founds Corda, you know, or the equivalent <laughs> of Corda, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, and then you have all these chain of fantastic uh, things that happen through that ex expendable income that is created. So that is yeah. what's happening in North America reverse right now with pandemic. And what we need to do is we need to find a way that leveraging technology, we can help small business and operators to step up to the plate because let's remember the government doesn't do anything. There's no money from government. The money comes from the taxpayers yeah. and investors give money to, to enterprises so that we can actually have a surplus that you get in income, dividends, and capital gains. So we need to help. And when you think about it, it's exciting that I could be making millions of dollars. Yes, I will say it, millions of dollars. Why not? 
by helping others to become a medium class income family. I would feel good about that. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Preach. That's very, um, I mean, you're already kind of raising your kids to take over the world. So <laughs> I <never laughs> living by example. <laughs> well, I hope that we can get there and I uh, don't, uh, you know, subside before that but at the end of the day you need to actually preach by example and yes yeah we need to actually put those expectations in our kids because that's the other fundamental reason why we're falling behind in the western world because we have become become a bit complacent and we need to have those heroes you know yeah. our firefighters our police officers first responders teachers and all these people doctors that help us they should be getting paid a lot more politicians not so dear to them but uh, that's not the message. The message is that we need to actually, whoever stakes and puts something in should get a fair pay. And we believe that blockchain is the way to do it. Yeah. I mean, you also touched on a bunch of things about like those to come after us, um, which reminded me uh, before I let you go, have you seen the, uh, there's a meteor shower like happening right now. Have you seen any of it at, like outside and all? I'm sure you probably can see the stars better than I can. Uh, you know what? Today it's an overcast day, but yes, most days we have, a, have been enjoying some more fantastic weather. Um, I was not aware of that, but I will. There's a meteor shower right now. I think to, so. The, so the day that we're recording this, it's obviously not the day that I'm putting it out, but the day that we're recording this today and yesterday, I think are the peak days. So tonight, go outside and look because I saw some crazy meteor showers, and it just makes you think about. Totally makes you question life and everything because when you see it, it's like, how old is that rock? Um, and very <laughs> off topic, but it kind of when you were talking about like like uh, taking care of those to come after us. I kind of think about the passage of time. And then it reminded me of the meteor showers, which we saw last night, which were very pretty. So it's actually, I think Absolutely. it's extended, but it's like the peak days are today and tomorrow. So get that's up. great. I will, I will keep an eye. Absolutely. I, I think uh, I read somewhere that um, we, we had um, some um, amazing things happening in the, in the night sky, but what I've seen is some satellites. So the, the moon was really shiny last night, but tonight I'll keep an eye for those uh, meteor showers for sure. And but uh, yeah, the moon was small, so it was easier, or like you didn't see that much of the moon, so it was easier to see the meteors. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, we will keep an eye on that, and uh, we'll, we will, <laughs> we'll keep an eye. Uh, I will, I'd like to, uh, uh, you know, also take a minute, if you don't mind me, <laughs> to invite you and, and the rest of the. Oh the podcast to to keep uh, an eye for our future events of the digital tsunami chronicles it happens every thursday at uh 1900 hours central standard time us mm -hmm. and um you can actually follow me on uh uh linkedin linkedin okay. linkedin <laughs> or twitter although i'm not the most kosher uh twitter uh user but um you can follow me there and there will be the events uh, we hope that we can have you in a future event. And uh, if anyone is interested to know more of our project, uh, we're obviously looking at partnering with uh, amazing companies. Uh, we're actually looking to empower uh, entrepreneurs and new ventures. And we are clearly focused on emerging markets, although uh, we have a pipeline of 10 companies right now. And come to think about it, uh, about half of them are from the US and Canada. So 
um, I think that you know we forecast a, a great year for for our platform. Yeah, definitely. I will make sure to link to your LinkedIn in the um, bio of this episode, um, as well as other information. Make sure to go to formerly known as Blockchain and Tequila. However, on my end, I call it Blockchain and Wine uh, events Absolutely. moving forward, which are now called the Tsunami. I have it written down. It's Digital Tsunami. Digital Tsunami. More, more. Uh, yes. <laughs> Before I let you go, I'm, I'm looking forward to putting another, and you're right, actually, your event, the, the second one that you were part of. It was a ladies-only event where we have women uh, leaders in blockchain and technology, hence your participation. <laughs> and um, we, we're looking forward to have a, a second event. So I will put it on you to maybe help us to put a second event. Maybe you can help us to actually quarterback it. And, you know, we can make it exactly. We can make it a quarter event. What do you think? Okay. <laughs> this is the first ever. This is a genuine reaction. Yeah, sure. That'd be great. Well, that would be it, awesome. It's, it's yours. It's yours. No, I love uh, love a good quarter event. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, thank you, and thank you for joining me today. It's been a long time coming. I uh, I wanted to get this recorded quite some time ago, but you and I are just very busy, busy people. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, and hope you have a great time in Nantucket. We'll send you some more pictures of our escapades, and uh, looking forward to your participation. We'll see you guys. Thank you. And uh, our site, by the way, is Trident.exchange if you want to know more. Yeah, I'll link all of that information so it's Great. easy so people don't have to like frantically write things down while we talk. Um, all right. Yeah. Thank you so much, Eduardo. Have a good one. Cheers. Bye-bye.